0: Hello and welcome, my name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter as well as a personal trainer and I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals with fitness and health i will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff life stuff business money and so much more so grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat welcome back to the fit like a girl podcast my name is jackie lindell i am your host a bit of a prelude into today's episode so in this episode I have my very first guest here on the podcast, which I'm really excited about. So Chelsea Van Gen from Fit Beside Me Personal Training joined me today and we had an amazing discussion. So she is a fellow personal trainer who specializes in pregnancy, postpartum, all things pelvic floor and everything like that. So given that I am postpartum myself and I've had questions from people asking me to discuss postpartum, to discuss my workouts and discuss everything, which I'm happy to do that. But at the same time, I'm not a specialist. And I felt like it was worthwhile having somebody who does specialize in these areas join me on the podcast to share their knowledge and what they know. Obviously, that would be much more in-depth and reliable knowledge than just my own personal experience. So coming in with Chelsea. She came on the podcast today and we had a great discussion. You're really going to enjoy this. If you haven't already, please be sure to go and follow her on Instagram. I will post her Instagram in the show notes below. So let's get into it. Welcome Chelsea to the podcast. Um, so I just wanted to uh, let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit about your background, um, certifications, and all that jazz. And then we can get into our topics and stuff today.
1: Okay, sounds good. So I'm Chelsea. I am a mom of two boys and a small business owner. Um, before I started my business, I have been working in healthcare for over 10 years in diagnostic imaging. And then I've been in the fitness industry since um, like the end of 2018 ish somewhere around there you can do that
0: um i hold quite
1: a few different certifications all kind of around the pre and postnatal exercise world um a bit of my story so i've always kind of enjoyed working out it's been really important to me throughout my life um but after having my first baby it kind of became like more important even because it was like something i could do for me by myself without them um, and it just looked a little bit different than it did before I had babies. So, um, first wasn't so bad. Uh, I figured things out, carried on. Then I had my second and they're pretty close together and that changed everything. So, um, things felt really weird. I went to like some local stroller classes, that kind of thing, had some questions. I remember like feeling these really weird pains in my pelvis and asking the instructor and she's like, Oh, it's fine. Just keep going there was like no (laughs) acknowledgement. No, something's not right here. (laughs) Yeah. Like I could feel this pulling every time I did, it was walking lunges. We were going across this field and I was like, something doesn't feel right. She's like, no, that's normal. Just go. Okay. I I guess you're the expert, but yeah. So that kind of led to me like doing a bit of research and investigating. I heard about pelvic floor physiotherapy. I did some of that. I found um, like a certified coach of my own that I hired and worked with. And then in the end, like I just kept learning more and researching more and it led to me getting certified and kind of
0: switching the whole trajectory
1: of my career. So here we are now.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's so interesting that you said, like you went to a class with a trainer and a coach and stuff. And because they didn't have the knowledge of pelvic floor and postpartum and all that kind of stuff, they were just like, work through it. <laughs> <laughs> you know and but you're right like something wasn't right and you needed more specific help for what you were going through postpartum yeah
1: I remember feeling like really dismissed by her and then like it was a session so I had I don't know five more classes or something to go to and it was just really awkward and I like kind of lost respect for that trainer because of how dismissive she was, I was like I'm definitely not coming back here and this was a class like aimed for moms, like bring your baby, bring your stroller Ooh, and interesting. questions that I had about my postpartum body. So right. I never went back after
0: that. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't blame you at all. And I'm glad that you were able to go and get the help because that you needed, because then you're right. It like led to this whole change of trajectory for your um, career and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned, I kind of am going through the same thing. You mentioned like after your first baby, things kind of like, bounce back super nice and all that. But then it was after baby number two, that's when things really changed.
1: Yeah. So that was my personal experience and it's been the experience of a lot of my clients too. So I think like, I remember even in my second pregnancy, my kids are 19 months apart. So I was pregnant again, like before my first baby's first birthday. Um, but I think like even in pregnancy, I was eight weeks along or something. And like, had to be in maternity jeans, whether I wanted to or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did Mm because at this point I knew how awesome they were. I wasn't fighting it, but like, I feel like I'm at like 20 weeks and Mm -hmm. this thing is like the size of, I don't know, like not even, I don't know, a Kiwi or something. And I feel like I'm in my third trimester. It was wild how fast- Your body changes the second time it's like it just remembers everything and it knows what to do now and it just does what it needs to so then in postpartum too i found it just i don't know took certain things took longer it felt different my body was more sore all throughout pregnancy and then i think it just kind of transferred into postpartum too
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And that's so far been my experience with my two girls. I mean, they're farther apart for sure. But yeah, like the second time around, everything gets bigger, faster, everything gets bigger, bigger, like, and then postpartum, I did find the same thing. Like things just didn't quite feel right. Things weren't like going back the way that they did or as quickly as they did after the first time around. So I, yeah, the second baby was a game changer. (laughs) Definitely.
1: And I think like, so with your first, there's probably a lot more like laying in bed and napping with them and snuggling and just sitting and resting and soaking in that time. But now you're also chasing around a toddler or like another yes. kid that you, have to keep up with. you don't yes. have as much downtime, even though taking care of a newborn doesn't feel like downtime at all. But when you compare the two, it's very different.
0: Totally different. The postpartum experience was very different second time around. Definitely because you're right. Like the second time around you're dealing with a toddler who's also adjusting to a huge life change. Like, I don't know if you went through this with your boys, but I know like with my oldest, when I brought home the baby, she like lost her damn mind for a couple of weeks. And I don't blame her. Like she wasn't even three yet. And she was like, her whole world is turned upside down. Everything up until that point in her life has been about her and centered around her. And now there's this like other baby. And yeah, it was, uh, it was an adjustment (laughs) for sure. For sure. Perfect. Okay. So before we get into our topics and stuff, last night, we were talking about the OC, you and I, and I said, I was going to bring it up and I'm going to bring yeah. it up. So give me like a cup. We won't talk about this for forever. Cause this would be a whole other podcast, but give me some of your like controversial couple, controversial, like OC opinions. I don't like, I can't stand Marissa. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I found that she was like, she's very self-sabotage yeah and like kind of dumb where it's it's like
1: victimy all the time
0: yes yes and they kept rewriting the exact same storylines from like season one where it was like her and ryan get together she befriends this like dude who falls in love with her and then it just like keeps happening over and over again like it happened with uh oliver then it happened uh well it was luke then it was oliver then it was trey and then it was Volchuk and then she died. <laughs> it was just like, like or, or Johnny, I forgot about there. Johnny. Yeah. Like it was just like, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with you. And her and Ryan, like that's my most controversial opinion. Her and Ryan were the worst. They were the worst couple.
1: Yeah. They were not a good couple. I think Ryan's a great person, but I think that like, no matter who Marissa is with, it's just going to be a bad couple. I don't know. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. No, I totally, I totally agree. So anyways, yes. I love how we were both rewatching the show at the same time. Okay. I'm just about done the series. I, I said, I wasn't going to watch see- season four because I didn't really love season four the first couple times I watched it. But now that I'm watching it again, I'm like, yeah, season four actually isn't that bad. It's not that bad. It's not as bad as I remember it being.
1: <laughs> I never even remember It's been so long since I watched it last. So it's almost like reliving it all over again. Like when I <laughs> high school and had to wait till whatever Tuesday night at 8 PM for the next episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is I never watched it in high school. All my friends watched it in high school. And I remember like when Marissa died, like my friends are like so upset and they're telling me about this. I'm like, it's just a stupid TV show. Cause I was that teenager. And then that, and then when I first watched it and then when I watched it again, I knew that Marissa died, but I had kind of forgotten about it until like the end of that season. I was like, Oh my God, Marissa died. I totally forgot about it. And I got like all enthralled. And I was like in my twenties when I first watched it (laughs) and then I've watched it like a few times since then. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. We'll get into our topic. So I wanted to first chat about pregnancy and then we can hit on the heavy stuff, more postpartum and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. So let's chat about pregnancy workouts. Cause I know the opinion on pregnancy and being active and working out during pregnancy is changing in our more modern times. But I know like in the times of my mom and my grandparents and stuff, it was like, you don't exercise during pregnancy. And of course, like you kind of get those little chirps when you're working out while you're pregnant from like your parents and your grandparents and stuff. But let's clear the air. Is working out and exercise safe during pregnancy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Of course, there are some contraindications um, that are all surrounding by like your own health. So if you have medical conditions, if you have been advised by your doctor to not exercise, obviously take that advice. Um, If you question that at all, because there are a lot of like really old school doctors out there who are not up to date on the research, then just go for a second opinion. Don't ignore it but go get mm-hmm. another opinion from somebody who is certified, go see another OB, another doctor and ask them for their
0: opinion. Totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. Because you're right. Like there are still some of those doctors with that old school opinion, or, you know, if you're having some kind of a complication it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't exercise just, you might need to modify something a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So it's not
1: always black and white. It's not a yes or a no. Like there's
0: going to be certain things maybe that are right
1: for you and others that are not. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, if you're questioning it, then like, look around. There's a lot of evolving evidence. There's tons of pregnancy research happening, like more and more new stuff coming out all the time. A lot of pregnancy research happening right in Edmonton at U of A right now. Um, So it's super cool to see all of the events compared to like, yeah, when our parents were pregnant and even for exercise, then like not pregnant, what did they do? Like aerobic
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And so what kind of benefits can come out of working out while pregnant? Like uh, during pregnancy, is there any benefits to like labor and delivery and stuff? Can we chat a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, as like when you work out thinking not pregnant, you feel better, right? Like your body feels good. You have more energy. All of that translates into pregnancy. It doesn't stop just because you're growing another human. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always tell people not to train for birth. So you might've heard something like birth is um, like a marathon. You wouldn't just go run a marathon without training for it. Right. And while that is true, um, birth is very unpredictable. You don't know what your body's going to do in that time. Even if you've done it before, it can be very different from the last time. So I want you to think about training for birth and that if you work out, you're going to have an unmedicated vaginal birth with zero complications. Like that is completely out of your control, no matter what, or how detailed your like birth plan is that you might've created. (laughs) Um, Instead, I encourage moms to work out for mom life. So it is a very, very physical job that moms have. So the more you can do in pregnancy, it's going to affect your recovery. So your postpartum, like fourth trimester period is probably gonna be easier. If you can learn while you're pregnant, how to connect to your core, it's gonna be a breeze for you in postpartum. And then if you can strengthen parts of your body while you're pregnant that are going to help you when you're postpartum, then you're going to have like less aches and pains, um, that kind of thing. It's going to be more familiar to you when you're ready to back into it later.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And let's go kind of through each of the trimesters. Uh, So. For the first trimester, generally a lot of women are battling low energy and nausea and things like that, as well as like just learning that they're pregnant. So is there any modifications or changes or anything like that, that they should need or keep in mind or something during the first trimester? Um, your first trimester, you can most of the time
1: continue what you were doing before, um, within reason. So if your like sport of choice is, I don't know, like downhill skiing, you might want to rethink that, like sports or activities where there's like a high risk of falling or like impact, like don't go play rugby when you're pregnant. <laughs> like that but um, overall, you can continue as before. You just want to kind of have an emphasis on like creating habits and trying to be consistent. So if you have no energy, I wouldn't expect you to go on like I don't know, a bike for 60 minutes and do intervals or something. Like ease into it, um, start slowly and then kind of like watch your energy levels. If you're doing something and you feel like you're completely dead after and you just want to go to bed and lay down, then you probably overdid it. Um, You don't need to work that hard, but just remember like move to feel good. Doing Mm -hmm. something is going to be better than nothing, even if that's only like 10 minutes. Um, You don't, you also want to like, if you're say a power lifter or something, you want to get over, it's called like athlete brain where you're stuck in this mindset of like hitting your PRs and working out all of these like competitions and stuff like that. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's hard for a lot of people, but forgetting that Mm -hmm. so you can work for your personal best again later, like way later, but not right. It's not the time to really push yourself, but typically you can continue for the most part, how you were working out
0: before. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And I know, uh, I know like this is just specific to me and I mean, other people may have felt this way. Other people may have felt the opposite way, but I found like in the first trimester working out helped curb the nausea. You know, sometimes I would get a little bit nauseous during my workouts, but overall, generally speaking, for myself, I would feel better after doing a workout in the first trimester versus if I didn't. And like I said, not there's probably a good chunk of women that feel the exact opposite, and exercise probably made, uh, you know, their nausea and stuff feel worse. But I just found that was my experience that it helped.
1: Yeah. I don't know if there's any like actual science behind that, but I have, um, seen that in clients too. And I think a big part of it is just, you're focusing on something else instead of like yeah. sitting in a chair, working, thinking about how awful you're feeling you're moving, you're working out, you're thinking about your breath, about what you're doing next, instead of how disgusting you feel. So
0: <laughs> totally <keeping your>
1: mind <laughs> on something else can really help.
0: <laughs> yes, totally. That makes perfect sense. Yes. I would definitely agree. Okay. So let's go into the second trimester. So A lot of times in the second trimester, not every woman, some women are sick their entire pregnancy, which I really feel for them, but some women start to feel better and they have less nausea and your energy boosts up a little bit because you're having some hormone changes and stuff. But during the second trimester, you're also starting to notice your body is changing. So what kinds of things should women keep in mind during that uh, period?
1: So yeah, for most energy levels start to come back up. Maybe not where they were pre-pregnancy, but hopefully better than they were in that like Six to 10 week mark. Um, and this is when, yeah, you're going to start to notice some like structural changes. Maybe your belly is growing significantly, your breasts have increased in size, your hips are getting wider. Maybe not everything yet or all at once, but slowly it's all happening. And then you're also going to be noticing some changes in your like core and pressure system. So this is a really good time to implement breathing strategies into your workouts. So With my clients whether they're pregnant postpartum way postpartum we always always start out a workout with intentional breathing um the more you practice it and especially when you practice it right at the beginning your body's gonna learn to automatically do it so you don't have to think about it all the time it's not going to be this like really difficult thing you're always stressing about you're gonna teach yourself for it to just be automatic um you want to start to be aware of your pelvic floor and this part can go into like all trimesters even if you can do it, should you like, what's the mm-hmm. risk versus reward? Like maybe you can do, um, a deadlift that's two times your body weight, but yes, you're strong enough, but think about your pelvic floor, like that muscle, that group of muscles is already starting to stretch and get, um, more and more pressure on it as your baby and your belly and all the fluid and everything else that's happening is getting heavier that pelvic floor is taking the load. So just because you're strong enough and you can do it, should you do it? Like, yes, you'll stroke your ego, but is that worth (laughs) it? So taking like the big picture and seeing like, really, like, should I, is this the best thing to do right now? Or can we do something else?
0: Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And I'll get you to explain, uh, what do you mean by pressure system? Maybe not a lot of people kind of know what that is or what that all entails. Mm -hmm. So explain that a little bit.
1: So I'm mostly talking about your core when I see that. So your core is on the very top, your diaphragm. So the big muscle underneath your lungs that helps you breathe. That's the top of your core. The bottom of your core is your pelvic floor. So that's supporting all of your internal organs. Um, it is responsible for the function of like being pooping and your vagina, or those are the three holes in your pelvic floor. And then we have the front back and sides. So that's like Your, the deepest layers of it is your transverse abdominis and your multifidus muscles coming off your spine. So those four are the main components that make up like your core canister. And Mm -hmm. it's always like pressure. Isn't a bad thing. We need intra-abdominal pressure for like movement at all. But when you breathe, your diaphragm moves down. When you breathe in, it moves down and it pushes on your like internal organs a little bit. So it increases your intra-abdominal pressure. When you exhale and you go out your breath, it makes more room in your abdomen. So your pressure decreases. Um, Breath is one thing that affects your um, pressure system. A lot of other things like jumping, even walking, sneezing, um, and then yeah, exercising. So anytime you are like exerting yourself at all, your core pressure management system is changing. Things are happening. Um, Growing a baby is changing that pressure. Pressure down on your pelvic floor, pressure out forwards on your abs. Um, Everything is kind of stretching, moving, adjusting, and it affects the pressure. So we want to do things in our daily movements, in our exercises, the when the way like we're breathing to kind of manage that pressure and learn to have it work with us instead of you always kind of bearing down and creating more pressure and then possibly more pelvic floor issues or like diastasis issues later. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All that makes perfect sense and yeah, a really good description of like why that, um, learning how to breathe properly and stuff like that can really help affect that pressure system. And also explaining like why, um, as we get more and more throughout pregnancy and into postpartum, women will experience symptoms of pelvic floor issues and stuff like prolapse and, uh, -hmm. urine leaking and things like that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It all comes back to that core system and, I think so many people just think of your core as like your abs, your rectus abdominis, the six pack abs Mm -hmm. in the front, but it's Mm -hmm. so much more. That's just one very small portion of it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's not until pregnancy when people even learn that, there is more and that it does like have a whole system that exists.
0: Yeah. No, it makes perfect. Yeah. It's very, very true. It's amazing. The things that we don't know about our bodies until we go through something like pregnancy and stuff. And then you're learning all these things. And it's like, why haven't I ever been taught this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's get into third trimester. So we're getting bigger. Mm-hmm. we're battling towards the end of pregnancy. A lot of women in this stage have like trouble even moving or they're feeling quite uncomfortable. Um, I know for myself, I experienced a lot of pelvic pain during this time and stuff. So when we're talking exercise in the third trimester, let's chat a little bit about it, what we can do closer to delivery, what modifications are now coming into play, etc.
1: Yeah. So third trimester, a lot of changes happening. Um, if you've been pregnant before, you know all about it, but mostly like we split pregnancy into the three trimesters, but your third trimester is gonna feel endless. Um, <laughs> you're just waiting for birth to happen, you're ready. But also, when you think of like how you feel at the beginning of the third trimester versus the end, is very, very different. So, all yes. of these are just like kind of general guidelines I'm giving each person, each individual is very different. Even each pregnancy is very different. So if you did something the first time and you're trying to follow that outline your second or third or fourth time, it might not be working. So keep that in mind. Um, but you probably are ready to dial back the intensity. Um, your body is working really, really hard to grow that baby. So we don't want to force it to work hard during your workouts too. That doesn't mean you don't want to, um, again, you're going to feel a lot better if you do work out. Um, but you just want to move for enjoyment move, do what feels good. And for maintenance. So we're not trying to build a whole bunch of muscle here. We're not trying to, I don't know, whatever hit these PRs and stuff that we talked about before, but you want to just move to feel good. You're going to emphasize like rest and recovery. Um, and then adjust your range of motion is probably the biggest thing. So maybe you're not squatting all the way to the floor anymore. Maybe you're using a chair, um, Mm -hmm. And then your breath strategy, what you were doing in trimester one and two might not be working now. So there's some few tweaks and stuff here and there that we could make with your breathing. Um, and then as you get closer to the end of your third trimester, we're going to add in probably some like hip opening stuff. Um, most people have like one of those yoga balls in their house somewhere, maybe still in the closet from your last baby, but mm-hmm. we can incorporate lots of stuff using that for like mobility Um Yeah, and then just like getting your pelvis moving around, getting you into these positions that will really help facilitate like proper position of the baby, and yeah, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of changes. Like it is kind of interesting that you're right, like the first and second trimester. Second trimester, there's changes generally, like you're getting bigger and stuff like that. But from the beginning of the third trimester to the end of the third trimester feels like a whole pregnancy in and of itself, but it's only 12 weeks, but there's so many things like you get so big, so fast, you gain so much weight during that trimester. And then, yeah. And then you're battling everything, basically waiting to deliver the baby in whatever way the baby has to come. But it does, it feels like it is forever. (laughs) And a lot of like
1: pelvic and hip and low back pain happens during that time too. So oh, yeah. like you if you think about what your workout was like in trimester one, it's going to be very different from three because maybe a workout now is just a bit of mobility, a bit of stretching and some breathing. And that doesn't mean it's not yeah. good. Enough. That's like actually exactly what your body needs. But mm-hmm. again, it's that like athlete brain, that mindset, our ego piece where we oh. think we need to be like. Sweating and panting to have a mm-hmm. proper workout, but that's not the case for pregnancy. That's not the time for it. Yeah, the time for that later. You don't need to mm-hmm. worry about that right now. Um, and I find a lot of people, especially near the end of trimester three, are experiencing pain in like your symphysis pubis region, so like your pubic bone, mm-hmm. or like some people I've heard it referred to as like lightning crotch, where mm-hmm. it like, feels like it's lightning shooting up into your pelvis. So we tend to kind of get rid of single leg exercises at that point too because it just Mm -hmm. aggravates it even more. Um, I remember even just trying to put on pants because I would stand, you stand on one leg to put the other leg in, and that was excruciating. So yes, can like get rid of lunges or whatever so you're not feeling that in your workout because you're feeling it enough throughout the day. We don't Mm -hmm. need to like aggravate that anymore.
0: Yeah, no, that's very true. I experienced that with both girls. Uh, Second time around was actually when it came to pelvic pain and stuff, easier than the first time around, probably because I already had a baby. But I remember with my first, like, I had to, st- I wasn't even out of the second trimester yet. I wasn't even quite into the third trimester and I had to stop all single leg exercises. I had to stop doing barbell back squats and like things like that, because that pelvic pain was unbearable. Like it was unbearable during workouts and stuff and certain exercise like deadlifts and things like that never bothered me, but any single leg exercise, any kind of barbell squat had to go because it was just too much pressure on my pelvis and on my pubic bone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, your pelvis is shifting, changing, adjusting, things are moving, even though that's not really like what you see. You're like, oh my God, it's mm-hmm. my belly and my boobs. But yeah. <laughs> there's just, like actual structural changes happening too. So just recognizing that and yeah, taking it day by day, workout by workout, giving yourself some grace sure. in the time.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you had also mentioned before, like adjusting your expectations and getting rid of that athlete mindset. That's something that even like, I am sure you might've struggled with it too, but I also struggled with it because you know, mentally what you are capable of and what you can do, but your body is just like, no, <laughs> like I remember in my third trimester, just trying to walk across the lawn sometimes felt like that was that was my workout for the day. It was like walking across my lawn, never mind doing like anything else with it. Or you know, with my workouts, it's it is hard to make that adjustment of what you know that you can do before versus now. But at the same time, it's not worth overdoing it and possibly injuring yourself or something like that. <clears throat> for your workouts, just so that you can hit that PR or do what you were trying to do before.
1: Yeah, exactly. You want to think about it long-term so you can do it right now, or maybe you could, you want to, but you know, you shouldn't. Um, but you're like, by not doing it, you're really honoring your body and preserving your strength and your pelvic floor, most likely so that you're able mm-hmm. to do it again later, once you rebuild back up to it. So it doesn't have to be now. Um, you, you can come back to it at another time.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's no rush. There is no rush at all. There's no end date or anything like that. You can always go back to your deadlift PRS and doing your crazy shit later. <laughs> like, for some people,
1: their workouts are like part of their identity. So I can say this to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I still want to, I don't care what you say. I still want to. And <laughs> it's hard because it is like, you're losing a piece of you in a way, but yeah. you can still move. You can still exercise. You can still work out. It's just going to be different.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's, it's not the end of the world because you can't do your pull-ups or your Mm -hmm. crazy high deadlifts or anything like that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into postpartum slash fourth trimester. That's, I think like the really big topic that a lot of people Mm want to hear about. So first things I know, oftentimes women, we have the baby and our immediate mindset is like, I need to get back to where I was before, we got to get that pre baby body back. And they have this or they have this assumption that everything's just going to snap right back to the way it was before, whether this is your first baby or your third baby. Uh, So let's talk about that mindset that like, I need the pre baby body back and how that can kind of be a little bit dangerous for women um, to have that mindset. So let's chat a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. It's definitely harmful messaging. Um, I think like I've had people ask me um, like if I'm looking for a postpartum trainer, like what should I look for? And I honestly, if someone's saying I'm going to help you get your pre-baby body back, or we're going to snap back and you're going to work out when you're pregnant with me so that you just bounce right back to how you were before, then don't hire them. If people are talking to you like that and messaging their services like that, chances are they're not actually qualified to be working with this population. And all they're trying to do is prey on your insecurities and get your money. That's it. They're yeah. not worried. They don't care about like your long-term health. They don't care about your public health. They probably don't even know about your public health or what it yeah. means. They just want your money. That's it. So if you see that kind of messaging, then like unfollow, unsubscribe, whatever.
0: and, <laughs> and find yeah. Someone else.
1: yeah, absolutely. If, like, and if you're curious or maybe there's like, Some part of you that wants to invest with them or whatever, then ask them about their qualifications and their certifications. If they are actually certified, then they're not going to be offended that you ask. They're going to be excited Mm -hmm. to show you and proud of it. But Mm -hmm. if they're like, I don't know, annoying and like trying to avoid the subject and won't really answer your question, then move on. Spend your money.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's not only that, because like, your body might not go back to quote the way it was before. Like your body's gone through so many changes and generally speaking, like your hips get wider and all these things, it's not gonna, it might not snap back today, but it might not ever snap back to exactly what it was before. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that either. And you're right. That harmful mindset and that, uh, you know, coaches praying kind of on people and those insecurities really grind my gears. I remember after I had my first, this girl that I followed, I, I kind of, I followed her because I felt like she was inspiring. She was a mom, had a couple kids right around the age of my daughter. And after I had my first daughter, she had recently had a baby as well. And I had kind of like commented on one of her posts or whatever, cause she was doing like some postpartum work And she sent me a message and she was a coach, um, about, do I want my, postpartum baby body back and immediately I was like oh I wish that you didn't say that I was like I really really wish that you didn't say that because now I have to unfollow you because you suck Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) and see you had the knowledge and um like information to do that but a lot of people don't they just like Mm -hmm. they know they're so uncomfortable and their body feels so foreign to them that yes that's exactly what they want to feel like themselves again to go back to how they were and they're going to buy from that person and yeah. maybe it'll be fine. And maybe it won't, but yeah. I don't know. I think that messaging needs to go. Um, mm-hmm. There is kind of this myth too, that like six weeks, you get your check from your doctor mm-hmm. and you're not part of them anymore. Like that's it. Yes. But your six week check is honestly, it's from your OB or your midwife most likely. And they're checking on your tissues, healing. They're checking in on your mood a little bit. They're not yes. looking at public for floor. Um, I know some midwives will, um, some midwives will like check for diastasis and stuff, but generally speaking, that doesn't happen at your doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and people always think like, okay, six weeks, I'm cleared for exercise. I'm cleared for sex. Everything should be good to go. I'm, right. like, I'm me again, but six weeks is a very short period of time, especially mm-hmm. compared to like the pregnancy phase where it was mm-hmm. like, months and it took that long for your body to change and grow a baby now all of a sudden things just go back in six weeks. Like that, that doesn't work. That math just does not add up. Um, and there is stuff you can do before six weeks too. So people think they can't do anything. Mm -hmm. It's just resting and it's just, and there has to be a lot of that too, but there are like really small things that you can do in those, like, I don't know, three to six weeks. You can start Mm -hmm. implementing breathing. You can do that right away. Actually, the breathing, you can start working on your pelvic floor contractions. Um, gentle exercises to like connect your breath with as you're moving. Like, if you think about what you do every day, even when you are newly your postpartum, you're squatting, you're sitting, on yep. the toilet, you're sitting on a chair, you're picking up things from the ground, you're hinging. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of this stuff happening anyway that we don't think of as a workout, but if you can yeah. implement the practices early, then when you are working out or when you are doing these strenuous things during the day, you're going to have the strategies you need to continue it long-term without having like any symptoms or pain or anything like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Because you're right, like you're, you're picking up, you know, this baby that could be anywhere from five to 10 pounds, depending on how big your baby is. So you're lifting constantly throughout the day. And you know, you're holding the baby constantly throughout the day. And those types of things, picking up a car seat with a baby in it, they always tell you don't lift anything, but then here's your baby in your gigantic car seat. And so all those types of things that you could start incorporating, like breath and core control and stuff into as well yeah that makes perfect sense for sure yeah and and so you and you touched on a few different things there that I wanted to dive into so you're right like just because your doctor says okay you're clear doesn't really mean that you should dive head first into exercise because like I remember my six-week checkup for both kids was literally a five-minute appointment where she quickly checked a couple of things and was like okay thumbs up. What do you want for birth control? And like off I went. Um, so yeah, let's chat a little bit about getting into exercise. How do you know when you're ready to start amping things up as far as exercise, what things to avoid and let's kind of dive a little bit into that. So
1: I think the very first step is connecting your pelvic floor to your breath. So I always, always recommend my clients go to see a pelvic floor physiotherapist for an assessment. Yes. Even if you are not having any symptoms, you feel like you're fine. Everything is good. Just go. Um, You need a doctor's referral. You don't um, like have to go through Alberta Health or like your public health sector. It's private. A lot of times your husband's or yours, your partner's insurance will cover it. You might need like a doctor's prescription. So you can ask at your six week checkup, can I get a referral for physio and they'll write it and then your um, insurance will cover the cost of it. But you can learn so much about your own body and what's happening, what's working, what's being a little bit lazy from yes. like a one hour appointment with them. A lot of people are starting to hear about it more than yeah. even say five years ago, but it's still not um like mainstream. It's not the norm. Yeah.
0: It's definitely not. I know um when I had my first, I was talking to my mom about it, because my mom had five kids. So you can just imagine the mess of a pelvic floor that she probably has. Um And she was like, what is this? I've never heard about this. And I was like, oh, you know, it's like pelvic floor physio to like help get your function back and stuff. So you don't pee your pants when you laugh or sneeze or something like that. And she was like, I never knew about this. Like this yeah. was not a thing when I was having kids. And I'm like, well, thankfully it is now <laughs> because yeah, it, it's not very commonly talked about. And you're right. It's becoming more and more talked about, which is great. Um, like more of my friends who are having kids, we chat about it a little bit more and stuff, but I, yeah, it was definitely not commonplace five, 10 plus years ago. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: It's definitely gaining in popularity, which it needs to. Um, I have, I had a client in Australia and she told me that she had her baby. And while she was still in her bed in the hospital, a pelvic floor physiotherapist came around and did an assessment. (gasps) That's amazing. I know. Like that's like a dream for Canada. Yes, Yes. Let's get our hospital wait times below 17 hours. And oh then God, yes.
0: <laughs> better maternal care because it is definitely yes. lacking. and more than one checkup postpartum, please. Like mm-hmm. my baby's had seven appointments postpartum, yeah. you know, since she's been born, and I've had one. Like if more of those, please. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, yeah, and so let's talk about um what kinds of things should you maybe wait on when you're getting into workouts and stuff postpartum? Like, are there certain things that maybe we should hold off on a little bit longer uh, starting, you know, what about starting with like weights and things like that? So let's kind of give a little, I know everybody's a little bit different, but just some general kind of like guidelines, I guess you could say. Yeah. I think the best place to start is like
1: low impact strength training. So you lose a lot of strength in pregnancy, um, whether you are working out or not, and you lose a lot of glute strength. Um, a lot of that happens just because of our anatomy. So when your belly is growing, your center of gravity is changing. And a lot of times we end up into this like butt tuck position. So we're like gripping our glutes all the time. And our back is kind of in this like exaggerated lordotic curve and we're not using our glutes. They're not turning on and firing like they used to. So then I've heard from so many moms like, I had a baby and my butt's gone. Like literally what happened? Yeah idea and yeah. it's just because we're not they're not in optimal alignment anymore so they get lazy and mm-hmm. so reconnecting to the glutes is really really important they're the biggest muscle in the body um they're holding you up all day but mm-hmm. are they actually doing their job like maybe not so um yeah figuring out how to turn your glutes back on um mm-hmm. working with the floor in your breath and strength training um i would avoid high impact stuff for like even if you have zero symptoms and you can run across the street for your to get your toddler or whatever perfectly fine, give yourself a solid three months of rebuilding your pelvic floor and core and overall body strength before you're like intentionally running. I'm not saying you can't go run to catch your kid, but yeah. don't go for a jog or don't go for a run. Like give yourself a bit more time. Mm-hmm. Um, if running is your thing, then you definitely want to work on some single leg strength stuff before going back to it, too and like slowly introduce impact. So I have, um, a program I call core foundations and it's like a yes. turn to fitness program. So we mm-hmm. start off really slow, really intentional. And it's all about, um, like the whole program is designed around rebuilding core strength, but they're full body workouts because like, honestly, you can't lift your arm out, arm up without your core turning on. Like everything yes. is connected, but You start out really slow and intentional, slowly incorporating more and more strategies and more difficult exercises. Um, Planking again is something that I would probably hold off on for a little bit until you Mm -hmm. can like really establish that deep inner core control and then Mm -hmm. add it back in. Um, You want to really watch for any like doming of the abdomen. So we talk about belly growing in pregnancy, Um, right in the middle of your abs is a line called your linea alba. And as your belly grows and expands, that line starts to spread a little bit to make more room for your baby. You might have mm-hmm. heard about diastasis recti, and a lot of times, remember we talked about toxic messaging. So a lot of people, get off the A lot of people are um, scared of diastasis now. So maybe five, yeah. six years ago, nobody had ever heard those words, and now yes. it's all over the place. And it's the pendulum has swung from like one side, and nobody knows anything over here, to Oh my God, I'm terrified. My abs are ripping in half. What am I going to do to my body? If I- <laughs> I'm going to explode. Like yeah. there, there's a midpoint and we need to kind of be aware of that midpoint. So it's completely normal. That's the biggest thing. Like and 100% of women have wow. a diastasis at about 38 ish weeks pregnant. Yeah,
0: it's for not sure. And, and so, yeah, you just, you just said what I was just going to ask. Is it preventable? <laughs> it's not preventable. And yeah. A lot of women, I've even had messages and like, this is totally, I always tell them this is totally 100% outside of my scope, but they'll ask, I'm pregnant. How do I prevent it? And it's like, you, you, you can't. Don't don't let the baby grow. I guess like you can't, you can't. It is what it is. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like it is what it is, and every woman is a little bit different. Like Mm -hmm. some women have longer torsos, so the baby can sit more inward. So yeah, they don't poke out as much. But then some women don't, and the baby pokes out more. Like it just, it is what it is. There's really not much that you can do about it. It's just anatomy.
1: It's just another normal thing that happens in pregnancy. So there are definitely things you can do to, um, keep it from getting worse Mm -hmm. or things you can do. um, if you notice like doming and stuff, um, you can definitely make it worse, but you can't completely prevent it by doing said exercises that this influencer told you about.
0: Um, Yes,
1: it's just your anatomy. It's just your body adjusting. It's just another normal thing, part of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in postpartum, we're going to reconnect, we're gonna um, like make your pelvic floor and your core work together. And we're going to focus on creating tension along that line again. So uh, if you go for a pelvic floor physio, they'll likely check you for diastasis too. Um, They'll feel like the gap side to side, they'll feel how um, like squishy it is, see how far down you sink. And then they'll feel if you can connect and create tension. So when you are healing a diastasis, you really, really want the Focus to be on creating tension along that line and being able to control the pressure instead of the pressure kind of coming out through that weak point. Um, you might not ever close the gap and that's totally fine. You don't need to close the gap. You just need to be able to manage the pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes people can close the gap. Um, again, it might be genetics. It might be the right exercises at the right time. Um, there's a lot that's not in your control though. So I have about a one centimeter, Diastasis, um, like above my belly button and right below is widest, and that's just how it's going to be. My youngest is four. I've been this way since I don't know three to six months postpartum, and that's just my body now. I'm not trying to close the gap. I'm not stressing about it. I don't avoid sit ups or planks. I just do watch for pressure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's about what mine is too. I think last time I had mine checked by my physiotherapist was about the same thing. And it's, it's interesting because learning how, this is one thing that I, I kind of, glazed over with my first, but I'm really trying to be more intentional about it this time around is getting better control of those core muscles. And you're right, not letting that poof happen. Cause thinking back now with my first, I didn't really do my homework very well with my core and stuff. So I did always have a little bit of a poof come out. And then this physiotherapist has been really great about forcing me to do my homework and doing those like really changing and modifying any core exercise that we've been doing, like I kind of showed her what I've been doing in my program. And she's like, Hey, we're going to like dumb this down even more to like what people would classify as like stupid, simple, those aren't hard exercises or whatever. But if you're doing them properly, and really focusing on that core engagement, they are actually quite challenging. And it's helping, like I'm noticing such a big difference in my core already kind of sitting backwards supposed to in that when I go to sit up just to get out of bed, my stomach doesn't pose anymore. Like it, it, you know, engages the way that it's supposed to, it's not perfect, but it's getting there. Um, still working on things like planks and stuff like that. And I'm just about 16 weeks postpartum and I'm still not doing a full plank yet because I still have that work that I need to do to make sure that I don't have that domain. So it takes longer, I think, than people realize to really get that core connection back. And I'm somebody who relatively has a general knowledge of what I'm supposed to be doing as far as engaging a core. So yeah, like it does take a while. Yeah, it does. It's like any other muscle, right? And like people
1: will ask, well, how long do I have to go to pelvic floor physio for? Like they will discharge you. It's not like you're going there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, but you can think of like any other musculoskeletal injury, it's usually like a mm-hmm. six week healing time, right? So yeah. It's going to kind of be similar to that. So maybe when you first go, you're working just on those pelvic floor muscles and contractions that might take Mm -hmm. six weeks and then you're going to add on to it. You're going to move into different core things and then progress. So it's not a fast thing, but, Mm -hmm. um, maybe it is for you. I don't know. For some people it's
0: no, it's definitely not, (laughs) but it's It's definitely, I am nowhere close to being done. (laughs) But I don't want that to like scare someone away
1: from going. Like, oh, I don't have the time for this, and like it is hard oh, to, to time, But I, yeah. a lot of them too will. Um, they're totally fine with you bringing your baby in with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Take them in their car seat. They sit there. They play. I saw she's not doing mobile anymore. She opened her own clinic in Edmonton, but she used to like come out to Spruce Grove with her table. She would set up in my living room, and I was I like, I remember one time nursing my baby as my toddler was driving Hot Wheels around me and she was like doing <laughs> <the thing. laughs>
0: Yep. Yeah. I bring my baby with me every single appointment and she sits there and makes googly eyes at my baby the whole time. And like, it, it's great. And honestly, like you said, like some women will be like, well, I don't have time for that, but it's like the time's going to pass anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well put in the work to work on these types of things now so that you're not going to be battling issues later on with your core and things like that. So it's good to put in the time and stuff now. And yeah, it sucks. And I don't know. I, I personally, I love the physiotherapy. I think I'm kind of, I, in another life, I would have loved to have been a physiotherapist, but I just, I find it fun and rewarding. So I enjoy it. Whereas maybe some people don't, and I've done enough physiotherapy with my knees and with pelvic floor and stuff, I guess maybe I'm just used to it, (laughs) but I, I really enjoy it. And I love like, just like the knowledge that they have and what they can explain to me and stuff. And I find it's great. Like it's a really great learning experience for me as I go through it. So yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. it
1: too. It's always super educational to learn mm-hmm. things and the why and yeah. Yeah. Getting like a different perspective on it. Um, yeah. but to talk about like not having the time, um, think about, so you go for your six week checkup, you do that. You don't want to, but you have to, maybe you do want to, cause you want to go and do whatever. And you're excited having clearance, but it really is. It honestly is like the definition of self-care going Mm -hmm. to public floor physio, going to your doctor's appointment. Like it's not fun. It's not a relaxing bubble bath and a massage, but you're taking care of yourself. You're making these decisions now that are going to benefit you and your health long-term. And really what's more like, how can you care for yourself any better than that? You can't, it's your health. Like We're talking about you and your body and you want to be there for a long time for your kids and be able to do all these things with them as they get older. So go do it now because it might Mm -hmm. take a while. And in, especially in the postpartum phase, like slow is fast, moving slow, taking your time, like working on control and then really slowly adding in more things that Mm. that's just the way it has to be.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. And that's something that like, I feel like a lot of people, Um, that's maybe another topic that we can kind of talk about is that like they want to dive headfirst into their workouts and they want to go because they want that baby body back or they want to get back in shape or whatever. And I love the gusto behind it, but you're right, like slow it down so you can go faster. Like the if you try to go too quick and you're trying to do too much all at once, you're gonna burn out your, but also you could hurt yourself or prolong issues or something like that. So Yeah, like let's chat a little bit about that. Like, what can happen if you go too quickly headfirst into ab exercises, weightlifting, running, etc.?
1: Yeah, well, probably number one that comes to mind is injuries. So, your body's just not ready. Like, remember all those structural changes you went through in pregnancy? Like, that's going to take a while, and you need to slowly rebuild those muscles, that core, even like your glute muscles. Everything takes a little bit of time. So, you don't want to rush into it because if you end up with an injury, then how much farther are you set back if you would have exactly. just like, taken your time and eased into it and given yourself the grace that you needed. Um and also like, are you sleeping through the night right now? I doubt <laughs> it. Like, if you have a newborn, like before so before you were pregnant, before you had a baby, your workouts, you could go to the gym, like work your ass off for an hour, come home and feel completely dead like lay on the couch for an hour and then go to bed. Fine. Right. You can, rest, you can recover. You can sleep however long you need to on Friday night, but you can't do that anymore. So exactly. if your body doesn't have the time, it needs to rest and recover. You can't be making it do all these super strenuous, really hard things when there's no time for you to make up for it. Your body needs mm-hmm. to rest. So if you're up yes. every two hours and breastfeeding, that's another factor. Mm-hmm. You you need to eat into it. So I always say like the intensity of your workouts should be matching the capacity your body has right now to sleep and recover because those, totally. like, you can't have one without the other.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. And that's one of like some of the big obstacles that women have when it comes into just functioning postpartum, never mind exercising and doing all these other things, is sleep. Is it, trying to feed the baby no matter how you're trying to feed the baby? I mean, if you're trying to breastfeed, breastfeeding is challenging. Like it's hard. Um and if you have other kids trying to adjust to their emotions and things like that, like all of these things can come up as challenges that, you know, we also need to give ourselves mental space for at the same time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure. That makes perfect sense. Um, okay. Let's talk about pelvic floor. Let's talk about leaking for many, many years. I know my mom, my parents, my aunts, it was just kind of commonly accepted. If you had a baby, you were going to pee your pants. So is it normal to pee yourself, Chelsea? No, your body is not (laughs) supposed to do that.
1: So just because it happens and it comes up in mom group conversations and everybody laughs about it and there's like memes and reels being shared all over the place about peeing your pants when you laugh or jump or cough or whatever, that doesn't mean you just have to live with it. It's not just a rite of passage to motherhood that you have to pee your pants when you do jumping jacks. Like that Mm -hmm. is not normal. If it didn't happen before, it probably shouldn't happen now. And even if it did happen before it shouldn't have then either. So our physio is like, should be your number one stop. If that is a problem, but that being said, I have met people who leak and are completely fine with it. They don't care. It doesn't bother them. They put on a liner when it happens and they want to run and it's, it's fine. And if that's how you are, then that's fine too. It's totally your choice. Yeah. It's your body. You don't want to go to physio. You don't care. Then carry on, but yeah. if it does bother you and you're embarrassed or you're avoiding certain things because it's happening. Then yes. like, I want you to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. So please, please go.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. Like. I, I, I even know like for myself, especially the second time around my pelvic floor symptoms started while I was still pregnant, like in the third trimester is when it started. And then obviously postpartum and stuff you, you know, but like, it's not normal. You don't want to have to pee yourself. Like, and it's so many things that like, I'm sure that you remember like your mom and grandparents and stuff like that and aunts and whoever else in your life went through and it was just like so commonly accepted just like yeah you have a baby and you just pee yourself and you can't jump on a trampoline and you can't run and you can't do jumping jacks that's just it for the rest of your life and it's like what that doesn't sound right <laughs> and it's not it's not
1: no. um yeah I so they going to boot camp classes like before I had kids when I was working at the hospital and when we would do jumping jacks literally it was just like one after another going to the bathroom like women yeah. just the bathroom this was probably I don't know like 10 years ago and Mm -hmm. they were all like I was one of the younger people in the class so like I wasn't running to the bathroom at that point but it yeah it's just like kind of accepted and people would laugh about it and yeah you know like I think laughing about it is kind of one way of just like coping like oh this sucks but not alone Um, yes but just knowing you have you have more options
0: yes Yes. A hundred percent. There are more options out there and that going to public floor physio can really help alleviate those symptoms. And not only, um, one other kind of common misconception, I feel like maybe we could talk about is that just because you have older kids doesn't mean that you're still not postpartum. Like just because your kids are seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, or even, you know, 20 years old, if you're still experiencing these symptoms, it's, not saying that you can't get help for it. Yeah. It's never
1: too late. It's like obviously the earlier you start the better, but it's never too late. And I don't know like what number of people have in their head, but pregnancy is temporary. Like you are pregnant for this many months and then it's over. You're not pregnant anymore. But postpartum is forever. Like your mm-hmm. body can't unhave a baby. And that's really mm-hmm. what postpartum is, right? Like you gave birth, you had a baby, um, your body maybe you don't identify as postpartum anymore and that's fine, but there are certain things that like will not be the same after. So pregnancy is a temporary portion, but postpartum really is forever. So even if, yeah, you have teenage kids and you're experiencing stuff or you have been the whole time, you can go. Um, a lot of times too, if people just like brush it off now and maybe they like coast through the rest of their adulthood and stuff, a lot of these issues come back again when you're in like the perimenopausal and menopausal phases of your life. So if you can kind of get a hang of things now, you might be saving yourself a trip later or some um, other therapy, or I don't know, avoiding d- different things at that point in your life. When you have more free time to like pursue hobbies and stuff, you won't have to stop them and go back. You can deal with it now and keep that knowledge with you as you move forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Like there's always a way to get help. Definitely. And also one other thing I guess that we should mention is just because you don't have a vaginal birth doesn't mean that your pelvic floor can't be affected. So even if you have a C-section, even more so because you had a major abdominal surgery, but your pelvic floor can still be affected. I know like some women will say like, well, I don't have pelvic floor issues because I had a C-section. It's like, well, it's not necessarily true. You were
1: still pregnant. Yeah. So the number one cause of pelvic floor dysfunction is not a vaginal birth. It is pregnancy. So I, exactly what you said. It doesn't matter how they came out. Your pelvic floor still held up your baby, your amniotic fluid, your placenta, that additional blood mm-hmm. volume for yeah. nine-ish months. And it is tired. Um, yeah. You mentioned in pregnancy when was when your like, incontinence showed yeah, yeah. up. Mm-hmm. really common because as those muscles are changing they're stretching and being pulled so it's not yeah. that they're weak they're now like really tight and if you think yeah. like jumping on a trampoline when you jump down it kind of flexes towards the bottom and then it springs back up that's what you want your pelvic floor to be able to do but when it's too tight it can't yeah. reflex and go down it just right. like lets go and that's when you pee. yeah that's what happens most of the time in pregnancy and right. a lot of times um, that can be your issue postpartum too. It's not that your muscles mm-hmm. are weak. Um, maybe you are told mm-hmm. to do a hundred Kegels a day or Kegel at every red light or something. And all that's doing is like squeezing, 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 open, right. open and causing more tightness. So yeah. that's what you're doing to solve your pelvic health issues. You might actually be making it worse. Mm-hmm. Go get an assessment so you can get actual individualized, real feedback on what's happening in your body. Mm-hmm. Cause it might yeah. be weakness at all.
0: Yeah. And that was one thing that like, I know my physiotherapist had mentioned that a lot of women struggle with is being able to actually like relax those muscles is a very common thing because we think about, oh, we want to tighten, tighten, tighten those muscles back up for, you know, to help prevent against leaking or for sex or whatever. But we don't actually know how to relax those muscles, Mm -hmm. which can also cause symptoms as well. Yeah. So a lot of women too, will walk around with,
1: like I mentioned during pregnancy, they're like glutes tucked under, um, and they'll just be like clenching their glutes all day long and your glutes and your pelvic floor are like BFFs. So chances are, if you're clenching your butt all day, you're clenching your pelvic floor all day. And if you're out, like walking around with like holding your bicep, like a bicep curl, a bag of groceries or something all day long, and Mm -hmm. then you let it go and you just expect your arm to work properly. Like that's not going to happen. So yeah, to train it through its full range of motion. So it has to be able to contract and really so that I can do its job correctly or else something's going to give
0: and you probably won't be it. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. So I feel like we're kind of ending near um, the end of our topics and time. Is there anything in particular that you want that you kind of thought about or common misconceptions, things that you'd like to discuss that we didn't quite touch on? There was one, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the like actual benefits,
1: like physical benefits of um, working out during pregnancy. So not only do you feel better and like all of that, that we mentioned, but there's actual like science behind like a decreased risk of gestational diabetes. If you're exercising decreased risk of C-section and premature labor. So all of these things, I'm not just like muttering off random things. There's actual research and science evidence behind all of it. Um, Shorter recovery time, increased oxygen and nutrient delivery to you and your baby, Mm -hmm. um, less back pain, hip pain, pelvic pain, better mood, um, feeling better about yourself, like higher energy levels, decreased risk of preeclampsia and Mm -hmm. increased musculoskeletal function. So you're moving better. Things are working better. Yes. Keep that in mind. It's not just about the way you look. There's so many more benefits to exercise
0: like mental and physical and like Mm -hmm. logic too. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, like any kind of exercise that you can do is beneficial, whether it's walking, whether it is working out with weights or yoga or something, just getting yourself moving during your pregnancy is the most important thing. And for some women, yes, it is really, really hard and they have really awful bad pregnancies, but whatever you can do as far as activity goes will be beneficial. Yeah.
1: Everything counts. Even if you're breaking it up into 10 minute intervals throughout the day, like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's cumulative. You don't have to set aside one hour every single day and then hobble back to the office with like horrible hip pain because you overdid it. Like you can split it Mm -hmm. up even once you're postpartum. Like that's a really big mental barrier is being able to just do it in little, little bits here and there. And it all adds up.
0: Something is always better than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. I hear so many times from people, just whether they're coming back postpartum or not, just so many clients will say to me, well, I couldn't fit in my full workout. Mm -hmm. So they feel like it's like, it's, you know, what's the point? And it's like, well, there is always a point to exercise and movement, no matter what the goal of that workout might be. Even if, like you said, even if you only get 10 minutes in or you have to split it up or something, there's always a point to it. Like there's no, no reason to not do it. Something is always better than nothing.
1: Yeah. There are benefits to 10 minutes of exercise versus zero minutes. So
0: do the yeah. 10, that's all you can do. It's still better. A hundred percent. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Anything else that you can think of? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Well, this is fantastic. Thank you so yeah. much for joining me. I actually, I've really enjoyed this. Um, I feel like people are going to get a lot of information and benefits and we're definitely going to do another podcast in the future, um, about it where maybe we can talk more about the OC. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. Your I'll post it also in the show notes, but, uh, Instagram website, um, maybe mention, talk about your core foundations a little bit again. Um, yeah, just kind of give everybody a general idea where they can find you. Yeah. So
1: I mostly work with clients online now. Um, if you're local, we can do like an in-person consult instead of on zoom, but I'll take like clients one-on-one for like fitness and nutrition coaching. Uh, I have my group core foundations. It's an eight week postpartum return to fitness program everything can be done at home so like I can create a program for somebody who works in the gym but honestly 100% of my clients are moms and 100% of my clients are working out from home during nap time or whatever so fitting it in yep um not having to worry about childcare, just doing what you can with what you have um mm-hmm. and so yeah you can find a lot of info on my website FitBesideMe.com. me.com um I'm most active on instagram at FitBesideMe. me I do have a TikTok account. I'm not very confident over there. Um, (laughs) Most of the time I'm just reposting a reel to another platform, but
0: yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Instagram is probably the best place. I do have like an email list where you'll get like a little more in-depth information and like first dibs on any new offers and stuff like that through there. And then I have a closed Facebook group, Um, but you can find all those links in my bio on Instagram too, if you're interested in any of those.
0: Okay. I will definitely post that in the show notes and people can go and find you on your Instagram and stuff and find everything else from there and go find your TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks so much.
1: I had a great time.
0: Okay. Thanks. Talk to you later, Chelsea. Bye. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much again, Chelsea, for joining me on the podcast and sharing your knowledge. It was extremely valuable and I hope that everybody really enjoyed it. If you haven't already, please go and follow Chelsea on Instagram. I will post hers in the show notes as well as my own if you don't follow me on Instagram yet. If you have questions about my personal training or coaching options, please feel free to head to my website, www.fitlikeagirl.ca. And otherwise, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care.